All right, guys, we got to break in here real quick to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash GML. I'm telling you, there is no better time to take care of your mental health in this year, 2020, the pandemic. There have been many, many reasons that you need to speak with a counselor, and there's there's no shame in it. I'm, I'm telling you right now that I use BetterHelp, and it's absolutely amazing. I can schedule a video call, I can schedule an audio call, or I can even just text and chat with my counselor if anything pops up where I am feeling down and out. And, and talking about your feelings, it's scientifically proven, I'm telling y'all. Talking about these types of things, you can't or you shouldn't handle it on your own. I'm somebody who tried to do that, and it makes things worse. So in my own personal experience, I'm telling you, there's no shame in talking to someone, and now there's never been a better time to do it. Yeah, BetterHelp's really cool. If you just go to betterhelp.com slash GML, they'll actually match you with a therapist that meets your needs. They're licensed. They're professional. They'll go through a questionnaire on there, and they've got a lot of different therapists on the app, on the website. BetterHelp is, they're growing so fast that they're hiring new counselors in all 50 states. We want you guys to start living a happier and more meaningful life today. As a listener of this show, you guys get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash GML. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and with me today, very special guest, the King himself, John King. What's up today, John? Man, I'm uh, back in the house and very full of rust. <laughs> lots and lots of rust. How is yeah. your. So, John has not been on an episode. And um, he took a little sabbatical from <laughs> pretty much like a, a lifetime, what, a year and a half, something like that, through the whole rebranding. And yeah, basically, since you guys have been good. I haven't been been on <laughs> 340 episodes we've done since you were last on the podcast. So it's been quite a ride. <laughs> I'm not sure if there was a correlation or not that as soon as I left, you guys kind of stopped sucking. But <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No, that's that's not it at all what happened was it became my full-time job and so so that was uh, that makes it a lot easier to put together show content so anyway guys if you don't know who john is in in all of my history and charlie's history john music producer that produced the very song that you just heard coming in on the podcast episode isn't that right yeah yeah that was many moons ago i think when that came out <laughs> like 2012 probably yeah back when there was music still Charlie could barely grow facial hair. <laughs> well, that's still the case, actually. But he's, he's working on about two years of growth right now, I think. So it's uh, <laughs> it's not too bad. So, uh, yeah, so John uh, produced my band, Charlie's band, and a whole bunch of other bands. So that is how we actually met a long, long time ago. I can still remember um, it, when we first came down to, uh, to Nashville and I came into your house and I ruined your wife's cooking pans <laughs> i still have that pan do you really and yeah every time i see it i'm like that was her her pan she saved up for and that was all for a totino's pizza <laughs> and and like marie said in the group if you don't know who john is then you did not take the 370 episode challenge which you need to do you need to go back and listen to the previous 370 episodes of the podcast 
that way you know exactly who John is. But John's on for our most popular episode every single week, which is Dumb Bleep of the Week. Oh, John, you were supposed to go the week at that time. Not not enough, not enough prep there. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't I didn't let you know. Uh yeah. remember me a we, hand signal. Next remember time. when we used to do whiskey of the week? Oh yeah. Not anymore. Remember when I used to drink? <laughs> <laughs> that's also been a long time ago. Yeah, and that's why the uh the podcast starts off on episode six because we uh the other ones <laughs> you don't want to listen to. We we did the whiskey of the week too early in the episode. <laughs> yeah, com- combined with some nerves, I don't think we were uh operating at full cognition. No, but not at all. Y'all, let me jump in here real quick and tell you about the Liberty Trading Academy. That's at mastermytrades.com. We got a really cool, really cool special going on right now. Something we just started this week. You can go to the website, mastermytrades.com. And yeah, there's a there's a monthly subscription, right? Because there's a ton of education on there. Over 250 videos. We go live in the morning, every single morning. We discuss what we're going to be trading. And then we keep it live while I'm trading in the morning. Okay, so you can go to mastermytrades.com if you're interested. And the really, really cool thing going on right now is you can get a preview of the website and the content, full preview for two days. Now, I know that that's not forever, but a lot of times, you know, everyone does the seven day free trial, 30 day free trial. When you do that, you got to put in your credit card information, you got to do all this, and then you forget about it and, then it, and then it charges you money or something like that. And of course, that's part of the plan you know, is to, is to go ahead and get that first month from everyone. Just saying, that's why people do that most of the time. And it's to help people try out the website. Well, I want you guys to be able to try out the website without even having to put in any credit card information whatsoever. All you got to do is go in there and sign up, make an account, and you'll be able to use it for two days. You're going to see all 250 videos that are on the website. There's so much education on this website and it's focused at the beginning for people who have never even looked into the stock market whatsoever. So if you think you might be interested, you can go on there. There's no reason not to. You don't get to get your, you don't worry about your wallet is. I know you're at home. You don't remember where you left your wallet. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. You just go on there, put in your email address, sign, sign up, make an account. And you're going to have access to the entire class for two full days. And then that's it. It doesn't start charging you immediately afterwards, anything like that. And then guess what? When you finish, at the end of that, it's going to send you a coupon for 20% off for two months if you do decide you want to use the class. So anyway, that is mastermytrades.com. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to get us started off here on Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is Dumb Bleep number one, and the actual Dumb Bleep is the response to this that I saw in a libertarian Facebook group. But it's what's going on right now between Facebook and the government. FTC and state prosecutors join antitrust dogpile on Facebook. This is from Reason.com. Okay, so Americans have many justified concerns about Facebook, from how the company handles user data to its content moderation policies to how the platform may be used to spread misinformation. To a lesser but still significant extent, Instagram is also subject to these concerns. One gripe you don't hear from folks often, however, is that the same parent company owns both Instagram and Facebook and also owns the messaging platform WhatsApp. But, and this is very true, consumer harm has never seemed to be what really concerns politicians about big tech. 
In, count way, in countless ways, they've shown that their real aim is grabbing more control of the internet and its social infrastructure, punishing platforms that have personally irked them, extracting money from successful businesses and expanding their power to dictate decisions made by private companies more generally. Okay, so this is what's going on. We got this new lawsuit against Facebook. Here's what they want to do. They want to they take away Facebook's ownership of Instagram and WhatsApp. And they also want to block Facebook from being able to buy any more apps. And this is somehow going to help people. And I don't know how much damage I've incurred because Facebook bought Instagram. John, did you feel a lot of damage from that when they bought Instagram? Not really. Not no. at all. Your life wasn't affected greatly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It probably was affected. Instagram probably got better and uh, became a much more usable app and had a lot more people on it and uh, better features and all kinds of things. kind of went away and they were able to, you know, yeah, it just worked a lot better. Yeah. I do remember. Do you remember before they got Instagram when they tried to do like their Facebook photos competitor app where it was just an app that was supposed to be like Instagram? Only that was very short lived. Oh, it was so. God. I mean, it, it was like a month. I feel like that that app was out. It was crazy. And then we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to buy Instagram. And I, I also thought it was funny here in your article that, it, you know, it said that they didn't want Facebook to be able to dictate the businesses of private companies. <laughs> they wanted to dictate the business of a private company. Dang it. We want to dictate the, the business of private companies. That's what we want. We it's only want okay when it. we do it. Exactly. You don't want to have this company that exists in a free market where people freely choose to use their platform and they're not threatened by mob violence to use their platform or anything like that you want the government under the threat of a gun to control these businesses that's that's how I'm you so do good it. at everything else <laughs> okay the ftc's new lawsuit against facebook is no exception on wednesday the ftc unveiled yet another lawsuit alleging illegal behavior by facebook the meat of their claim is that facebook is breaking the antitrust law by owning not just facebook platform but also instagram and whatsapp those were both approved purchases, by the way, by the government. They looked into it before they were allowed to do it. And now they're coming back and they're saying that they're breaking the antitrust laws by owning those apps that they allowed them to buy. In the and first what place. does WhatsApp have to do with any of this anyway? I don't even know. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what WhatsApp is. I, it's I basically <laughs> Skype for China. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's like, you know, if you ever get on Alibaba, as I've been known to do when I'm not being tariffed, um, <laughs> yeah, everybody's on WhatsApp. But I don't know what that has to do with Instagram. Uh, this is just a way for them to try and punish Facebook and try to get them to fall in line on censorship. And of course, from the left, they want, they're saying Facebook is not censoring enough content. And on the right, well, they're saying that Facebook is censoring too much content. And, uh, for the moment, <clears throat> right? For the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll finish this up here. New tools to attack private enterprise. Then we'll get to the actual dumb bleep part of this. Today's actions by the Federal Trade Commission and state attorneys general against Facebook are the perfect example of political theater dressed up as antitrust law, said Jessica Maligan? Mal Malugan? Uh, I don't know how to say that, man. You got oh, that. <clears throat> is that fine? Uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute. In a statement, she said the FTC suit asserts that Facebook acquired Instagram and WhatsApp to suppress competition. But when viewed through the lens of the U.S. antitrust standard of consumer harm, the question becomes, so what? Facebook's superior resources and expertise took Instagram from a modest and glitchy app to one with a billion users as of 2018. And that really is 
<clears throat> the important part of the argument. She also notes that three of the top five apps in the App Store in recent weeks didn't even exist when Facebook purchased Instagram. Parler, MeWe, TikTok, all proof that, that Facebook's social media business faces fierce competition in an innovative sector. I think that's that's pretty important. This whole idea that they're a monopoly, uh, it doesn't really hold water, does it? I mean, there's all kinds of other things you can use. Especially right now. I yeah. mean, you know, maybe there wasn't a whole, you know, huge likelihood of that having much of a shot. But after I think this last political cycle, everybody's kind of had their fill yeah, of the uh, tags and labels. I, I had somebody, a cousin, post a Hillary joke. And it got blurred out as political disinformation on Instagram. Really? Yeah, it was literally just a garden variety, you know, crooked Hillary joke. And, <laughs> yeah, <It was> funny. <laughs> okay, so why? Uh, who does breaking up Facebook really help? Uh, let's see. The agency wants to force Facebook to divest WhatsApp and Instagram and prevent them from acquiring any other apps in the future. And this is the this is the kind of thing. Ian Connor, the FTC's head of competition enforcement. <laughs> The FTC has a head of competition enforcement. They probably have a SWAT team. Said the remedies would help restore competition and provide a foundation for future competitors to grow and innovate without the threat of being crushed by Facebook. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to get crushed by Facebook the minute Facebook doesn't own them. Exactly. This is how they didn't get crushed by Facebook. What? They're like, what's the, what's the alternative solution here? That a small app a relatively small company goes up against Facebook. Facebook says, oh, hey, that person's got an idea. I can make an app that's kind of like that. And then they make it really popular for their billion users that they've got. And then the other company just goes out of business because they can't get the funding that they need or they can't stay afloat anymore. Like that's being crushed by Facebook. I mean, there is a whole business models of making these companies and getting big companies to buy them. Like that's how you make it in Silicon Valley sometimes. Yeah, and almost nobody has the kind of resources that Facebook does to grow something. It's sort of like whenever with Chipotle, you know, like Chipotle blew up because McDonald's came in and gave them all of their streamlining and integrations and whatnot, and then they got out of it. Mm. But I did not know that they had anything to do with McDonald's at all. Yeah, I mean, it was basically they just went in there and did their McDonald's magic of, no, we're not going to make terrible food, but we're going to show you how to you know, work with your supply chains and all that stuff, and then made a ton of money, jumped out. Yeah. Now, this is why I bought some puts on Facebook yesterday, and those have been going pretty well so far. Uh, so I'm perfectly fine with this conversation going on for the next month, at least. Up until, up until December 24th, I would like for the government to act like this is going to go all the way through, please, if they could go ahead and do that. Um, at least until Facebook's price hits $255 a share, I would like them to continue talking about this. But uh, that's all I had yeah, to ask. Facebook is just a great punching bag right now for I, everybody. I know. All, all sides hate it. You know, I, I feel like Zuckerberg himself does a, is probably better on this than we give him credit for. I think, he, I, I think he's a pretty objective person overall. But I think he might be one of the only objective people working there. And so you do hear him say things to, to AOC when she questions, like, I, you know, I'm not going to decide what the truth is. You know, how did you even listen to that? Oh, AOC questioning. Oh someone? God, it was so terrible. So terrible. Um, 
you know, he says a lot of really good things that are basically, it's not up to me to decide what the truth is. And then they go pick fact checkers who aren't very good at checking facts. They're, they're yeah, I, th I think the whole issue, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this ad nauseum, is that, you know, they take things as fact that aren't at all uh, settled. <laughs> yeah, no, very biased facts. <laughs> okay, so the actual dumb bleep part of this, this came from a libertarian Facebook group. Breaking up trust benefits everybody involved. More of this. It's long overdue. Okay, so the dumb bleep would be that this is actually a good idea, that this is what anyone who wants an efficient and free market <laughs> should want is the government coming in, because I continued the conversation with this guy. Old Connor. I won't say his last name. Starts with an O. Connor. Uh, he, he came in. And basically said that, well, Ayn Rand talked about how this, that companies that keep buying up other companies, that they run less efficiently. And, and Ron Paul talked about that same thing. But the thing is, neither one of them talked about the fact that the government needed to come in under the threat of violence and break up these companies and force them to have different CEOs and then block other companies from acquiring other companies. Like, don't try and use Ayn Rand and Ron Paul in a conversation with me about this. Okay. If you hate Facebook, just say you hate Facebook. All right. Don't try. I mean, to... I, it's pretty easy to not be a fan, but it doesn't mean <laughs> you blow them up. No, it doesn't. I hate what they've been doing this year. They downgraded us uh, and they literally told us that they were censoring uh, all of our content because we had posted a certain meme at one time. And we were at, we were at 1.2 million reach one week. And then it went down to about 250,000 reach the next week. And that was really, really annoying. And it's taken us months to build it back up to like 600,000 now. Something like that. It's a bad check mark in there. Instead yeah. of the blue check mark, I, you got the one where they just bury you. There's an invisible check mark that no one can see. And it's the and when you have that check mark, then they center your content. It's not a shadow. So, no. So that's dumb bleep number one. John, you got dumb bleep number two. And we're going to see how I do with double-sided paper here. That was a poor mistake. <laughs> All right. So Canadian restaurant owner charged with trespassing after reopening in defiance of lockdown orders. Trespassing. Already starting off good. Oh, man. At 11 a.m. on Tuesday, November 24th, Adam Skelly opened his barbecue restaurant in Toronto and began serving customers. Under ordinary circumstances, that would have been unremarkable. But on that day, it was an act of political defiance. Because a recent lockdown order prohibited restaurants like his from providing indoor and outdoor dining services. Skelly, a 33-year-old husband and father of two, was specifically ordered to close by Toronto Public Health later that day. But he opened again on Wednesday and made it clear that he would continue operating as normal. Then, early Thursday morning, the police changed the locks on the restaurants to bar his access. And when Skelly showed up later in the morning, he was met with a significant police presence. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. Is there like a tank in front of the restaurant? Could have been. Could have been. I mean, this is, this is a bad situation here. You get business owners trying to open up their own stuff. I mean, you got to have a SWAT team out there for that. That's dangerous. Man, we need a picture. We got to find a picture. But What if someone uh, gets something with a 0.5% death rate? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, Sorry. Hot sauce is probably more deadly. But. <laughs> Police allowed him back to the part of the building behind the restaurant, but then he and his employees secretly broke into the restaurant from the back and kicked down the newly locked front door. A scuffle broke out as the crowd of customers briefly blocked the police from entering, but shortly thereafter, the operation was shut down and Skelly arrested. 
Furious customers, staff, and other supporters held a protest against the arrest, and Skelly was released on bail 30 hours later. Did that come through? It came right on through, yeah. Hold on. Um, Disconnect your iMessage. I know. I'm going to kill it right now. Um, I am trying to imagine the the mounted police. I'm just trying to imagine them coming in like on the horses with their nice hats on and standing outside. Sir, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going to be able to use your business today. And he's like, you locking me out, eh? And they're like, yes, I'm very sorry. And then this is like, that's like a SWAT team presence there. Like, it's way different from whenever, you know, you're like in, in Chicago or somewhere in California, something like that. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Canadian Bacon before. It's an oldie, but a goodie. John Candy, good stuff. If you guys have not seen the movie Canadian Bacon and you see it available sometime, take the chance to watch that movie. It's amazing. I'll make an attempt to finish this now that we're not getting bombarded on iMessage. I'm sorry, whoever's earbuds I blew up. You're never going to have me back. But Skelly was released on bail 30 hours later, and one of his conditions is he isn't allowed to post on social media. <laughs> he could injure someone can with you, hot sauce or social media. Can you imagine part of your, like, some people, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine, like, as long as you agree to not post on social media. Then we'll then we'll allow we'll let you out on bail. But if you're going to post on social media, yep. you're you're too dangerous <laughs> to our society. And then it, what's he posts on social media? What's that mean? They come back and arrest him. Well, I mean, look, he's facing a litany of charges here. It says, including intent to obstruct police and holding an illegal gathering. Uh, yeah, and then he's also facing trespassing in his own property. How can you trespass on your own property? There's the the bold one. Yeah. That's in the bold. And by the way, when you see something in red on here, that is not in the actual article. That is the voice of Nate <laughs> speaking. Can we call you the, the voice of liberty? Yes, that is the voice of liberty putting notes into the show right there uh, on, on their own. That was Dumbleat number two, trespassing on your own property. Because the government, listen, the, the gu- this means that the government, when they shut these things down, they assume ownership of the property, right? I mean, this is them seizing the means of production. <laughs> In my opinion, like they're seizing the property. That's the only way that they could charge you for trespassing on, on, on whose property? It's your pro- How do you get charged with trespassing on your own property? Like, uh, guys who had the option to not press charges. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to not press charges on the assailant, <laughs> please. Let's just let this whole thing slide. <laughs> I don't know how this works. This you'll see this going with some other dumb bleep in here. This all goes along the lines of this general idea of not believing in private property, which, which of course, is very, very uh, Marxian of these police officers and this government there in Toronto. But uh, not believing in private property leads you to do things like arrest people for trespassing on their own property because you've assumed, you've assumed ownership of it. They don't have their own property. The government has property, and they get to decide what you get to do. So, Can you hear this dog barking in the background? I do hear it barking. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Where's the mute button? <laughs> John. <laughs> oh, it's a, it'll be okay though. I'll put a, you know, I'll just put a nice noise gate on here and you won't be able to hear it. Cool. Yeah. Be totally fine. All right, man. Do you want to do the next one? Do you want to do the ghost of Ayn Rand? I want number four because it has the voice of liberty. Oh, you want four. Okay. It has the voice of liberty. Okay. Dumbleep number three. Are you guys ready for this one? Dumbleep number three. So Dumbleep number two was uh, being arrested for trespassing on your own property. 
And so that's very bad. Dumb bleat number three from Christopher Ryan, who is a blue checkmark person on Twitter. I have no idea who they are uh, really whatsoever. But they know someone at Twitter. Yeah, they know someone at Twitter. That is how they became verified. They got themselves a blue checkmark. The ghost of Ayn Rand is running the American healthcare system. And there's nothing to even discuss. It doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. Now, what this person is alleging is that our healthcare system is bad because it is so free market that it's being ran by the ghost of Ayn. You guys know how free market Ayn Rand is. I mean, pretty gall darn free market. And that's what this person is saying, is that our healthcare system is so free market, and that is the problem, that it's like the ghost of Ayn Rand is running this healthcare system, probably because something wasn't free, right? Like, it, I would assume that that's why. And that if it's not free, then it's automatically being ran by Ayn Rand. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, this... <laughs> Jeff said ran by a woman? I know, I'm getting distracted by the, the comments over here. No, it's always good to make sure we keep up on the comments in here. This, um, yeah, so as I was telling John beforehand, this qualifies for dumb bleep because this is really dumb. Our, for our healthcare system is nowhere close, nowhere close to being a free market healthcare system ever. Guys, if you want to add more beds to your hospital, you have to get permission from the government, Okay. If you want to, it depends on what state you're in, because that's normally a state law. But hey, hold that, on. Yeah. Does that have anything to do yes. with our occupancy rates? It does. It does, actually, because you can't just freely add beds to your hospital. Well, you get a corona certificate of need. <laughs> now, they, one of the things that Trump was pushing for when he was going on his deregulatory push was to get rid of these certificate of needs, especially when it came to increasing capacity. So I don't know what they've done as far as that goes. One of the main reasons for the um, our how many beds we have available is uh, they count what are called staffed beds. And so that means that they have a nurse to cover that bed. And so I, I've likened it to, uh, say I was a server at Olive Garden. Well, Olive Garden only allows you to take three tables as a server. So if there's two servers there and Olive Garden only has six tables, that's all they've got. Now you could print out a news story that says Olive Garden only has six tables. Or you could say Olive Garden's got 100 tables, but they've only got two servers, which means there's only six available right now. And one of those would be uh, better for a news headline, which is that um, we're out of, we're almost out of tables. And it's not actually that, it's that um, they're not staffing enough of the beds. And a lot of the beds are just simply like, I know. Are they, are they allowed to staff enough of the beds? Like, so if they've got some spares, are they allowed to kick them up for Rona? Uh, they can. There is a bit of a nurse shortage, of a lot of people sick, stuff like that. So that is actually kind of, that is actually happening in an issue. Uh, one state, uh, crap, which state was it? They're asking retired nurses to come back onto the job right now. Um, and then I, I really think hospitals need to allow the sharing of nurses to be a, a little bit easier uh, you know, if, if you have an area where there's no outbreak of the Rona and you have an area where it's very busy, it should be much easier for someone to say, oh, hey, you as a nurse can go work some shifts over at that hospital because we're Naturally, not busy. We have power crews that travel after natural disasters. Exactly. And what do you think the regulations are like on that? <laughs> Just being able to switch back and forth from different hospitals as a healthcare worker. Uh, no, no, not going to work very well. 
that, that up until a couple of years ago, if you wanted to get another MRI machine, you had to get permission from the government. It's called a certificate of need. Um, Lacey worked for a year on the certificate of need, trying to get a new building built for uh, for HCA. Um, I believe it was Vanderbilt that challenged them, Vanderbilt or St. Thomas that challenged them in court to, to try and stop them from being able to build a new uh, freestanding ER. Uh, and that's the thing, like free market? Come on. Since when does your since when does your competition get to take you to court? Yeah, this guy is verified. I don't know what he does, but anyway, yeah, this is a and like they're saying in the group, this all happened because the ghost of Ayn Rand is running healthcare, and this is exactly what she wanted. <laughs> Come on, how dumb can you get saying that that this our healthcare is so free market that it's as if the ghost of Ayn Rand were running the system? What an idiot! That's dumb bleep number three, Ayn Rand ghost ayn rand's ghosting the healthcare system all right man don't believe number four take me through it man i got another long one here <laughs> seattle city council mulls law that could result in dismissal of many misdemeanor crimes the seattle city council is considering new legislation that would create a legal loophole that would make substance addiction mental illness or poverty a valid legal defense for nearly all misdemeanor crimes committed in the city the legislation what was the proposed by, by Seattle City Councilwoman Lisa Herbold. Herbold? Can we yeah. go with that? Uh, yeah, Herbold. Her, Herbold, last Wednesday. <laughs> the proposal would allow for the dismissal of crimes of poverty. You know that was a thing. <laughs> and it would do so by revising the definition of duress as a defense against prosecution. Seattle police currently make about 12,000 arrests every year that are not DUI offenses or related to domestic violence. <clears throat> In 2019, charges were filed for just over 5,400 misdemeanor cases, not including DUI charges or domestic abuse allegations. If approved, the ordinance would excuse and dismiss, essentially legalizing almost all misdemeanor crimes committed by Seattle offenders who could show either symptoms of addiction without being required to provide a medical diagnosis, symptoms of a mental disorder, or poverty and crime was committed to meet an immediate basic need. For example... If a defendant argued that they stole merchandise to sell for cash in order to purchase food, clothes, or were trying to scrape together enough money for rent, the accused would, could not be convicted. That is freaking insane. Does it count for Yeezys? <laughs> I guess so. Well, because <laughs> anything, you, I was going to sell it for money to pay my rent. So, I mean. But it even says they can steal it for just clothes so they can yeah. break into Armani exchange. And, and clothing. That's, I mean. This is I don't I, I don't expect that something like this would actually get passed. It might because Seattle's insane. It totally could up there. Yeah, it to it really could. And hasn't San Francisco done something like this uh, fairly similar? Basically, that they're not going to be pursuing a lot of these crimes. I don't know what exactly it is. It, it, it's completely and it's complete. Oh, I'll let you finish the article. Then we'll talk about it. Okay. <clears throat> the offenses would be covered by the Seattle ordinance would include just about any crime below the level of a felony while excluding charges for DUI or domestic violence. Mm. This would absolutely open the floodgates for crime in Seattle, even worse than what we could, than what we often currently struggle with. It's basically a blank check for anybody committing theft, assault, harassment, and trespass to continue without disruption from the criminal justice system. Here's my line I wanted. This is what you get. From people who do not believe in private property. That was my voice of liberty. Oh, we were supposed to all read that together, I think. One more time. <laughs> no, it's okay. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. 
wait there's gonna be a delay it's not gonna work uh, it's not there's gonna be it'll throw everything off i guess i could sync them up later but if, if facebook owns zoom we could do this <laughs> that's illegal john Don't, <laughs> let's not joke about the committance of a crime they'll probably get charged for it they can steal stuff and that would be <laughs> fine but uh you get people to freely participate dude this is nuts what is, like what is your immediate reaction to this kind of thing uh, I mean, first of all, I immediately think of going to Seattle and being like, oh, this really is the dumpster fire that I hoped it wasn't and was an illusion of, you know, talk radio, but it really is. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing. And then, you know, we've got a whole lot of laws we could just get rid of. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, you know, forget about maybe not prosecuting things uh, like drug crimes and stuff like that. You know, someone buying some drugs, someone selling some drugs. no. You literally steal from people, and it's okay as long as you're in poverty or you get to claim some type of a mental condition, which I don't know if you can claim socialism as a mental condition that would allow you to steal from, from things, but I would say that's a proper mental disorder. And um, I think it's great that they singled out DUI here, too. You know, while I'm no fan of uh, DUIs, as you probably remember, <laughs> you know, so you can actually rob someone for their Yeezys. Yeah. You know, if you don't injure anyone and you're sitting in your car over the legal limit or, you know, what, you know, whatever that symptom is, that's not, that's definitely not dischargeable. Yeah. Um, Todd said there was a proposal in Seattle to allow a homeless person to say where their tent was set up on public sidewalk was their property. That's kind of crazy. Anywhere a homeless person wants to pitch a tent, they, they own it. <laughs> Sounds like there's going to be a land rush. Yeah. <laughs> this when is... we roll in there with a big military tent and make like a, you know, a big city. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we <laughs> claim all this area. Acreage. We claim all of this. I mean, surely, surely this is not something that would actually pass. Uh, uh, just imagine the... I, un I completely disagree with you. I <laughs> you think it could? could pass. You think it could? Wow. Oh, that's sad. Isn't that sad? <laughs> Um, Do you remember when we were in Seattle, the guys, we, we went, you know, th there's people sitting on the steps outside of this place we ate, yeah. trading beer for handbags. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. I wasn't there. I was there. Yeah, I was. I wasn't even drunk at that time, was I? How about that? No. We've been around a bunch of places where I don't remember being there, unfortunately. But you were there. I was there. Pictures dictate that you were there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is Dumbleep number, that's Dumbleep number four, Seattle City Council. Oh, good Lord. I mean, just imagine the consequences of this when you basically legalize theft. I mean, you know, what kind of an example does the government set on this anyway? They literally steal from people every single day. So I guess they're like, well, we get to do it so you can do it too. Um, that, that's the kind it's of the thing. If, if, if you're willing to dismiss it for something like this, like, Oh, I was hungry. So, you know, I'm sure people will do that. I've just had to have that cheesesteak. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, if, if it's that inconsequential, just get rid of the laws and make them a, you know, anyway. I, I mean, you're like slowly legalizing the purge at this point, you know, <laughs> just a little bit further, just a little bit further. And we'll be like, ah, you know, maybe for a day, there just shouldn't be any laws or repercussions whatsoever. You know, let On them get it December out. December 24th. <laughs> um, it's, it's just crazy. And what kind of things are going to happen where someone's like, well, I guess I can steal stuff. And, 
And uh, what? how much violence do you think would come out of that? We're like, oh, crap, this person's fighting back. Oh, crap, this person uh, was home, and now there's some kind of alter... I mean, do they not look at the unintended, or possibly intended, I don't know, potential violence that could come out of something like this? These are politicians. They're clearly not geniuses. Yeah, that's true. They're just trying to to say cool things. They're just trying to keep the Chaz choppers at bay before they just start taking over blocks again, you know? Is the Chaz still there? No, they dismantled that a little while back. So uh, Jeff says, I like John. He has the same artwork I have in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I got that as a gift from Nate. What, what's funny is I can't, can't see your artwork. He might just be talking about the fact that you have completely blank walls, <laughs> except for that Ron Paul back there. <laughs> This room has been a storage room since we moved into our house. And then I was like, I've got my daughter in the other room doing virtual schooling, which is great for productivity. Oh, yeah. And I have nowhere to do this uh, illustrious episode. So <laughs> here we are. I cleaned it out and it looks like an abandoned museum. Very nice. It does. It looks like you guys are changing. You're like, oh, we're going to switch over from uh, whatever art, whatever you want to call it, to uh, maybe contemporary libertarianism here in a minute. We just had our first our first painting brought over this nice this is this is the socialism exhibit because everything has been stolen <laughs> out of the true. room <laughs> seattle <laughs> that's what it is i call seattle. this seattle in bloom <laughs> that's awesome and it's pretty accurate cuz the only one they wouldn't take is that painting of ron paul right there so he wouldn't he would never allow it like who the heck is this guy <laughs> okay that was Dumb Bleep number four. Pretty freaking nuts. Um, and then I've got a nice Christmas special here for you. Dumb Bleep number five. Heartwarming. Very heartwarming. Actually, I found this hard to watch, to tell you the truth, uh, because this little kid just gets his heart broken by who he assumes as Santa Claus. And I don't imagine, I can't imagine being this uh, crazy, but let me share my screen. You guys can just see all that. Crazy. What happens when Santa joins the union? <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when uh, Santa watches too many AOC videos right here. All right, let's right get this. Before going into work. Yeah, right before going into work. Or he sees that the parents maybe are Trump supporters or something like that. I don't know. Okay, so this kid, what you're not going to see, this kid asked Santa for a Nerf gun. And he says, no, no guns, no guns. picture of Hillary Clinton? It's okay. You're dead. Thinking taxation is theft. That's what yeah. he's thinking. <laughs> this is awful. It's terrible. Don't cry. All right. That is the basic result of leftism right there. It's a, a crying I child. I want to say something first. Yeah. 
this Santa needs to man up because if he is a mythical creature, he doesn't need a plexiglass shield. That's incredibly lame. <laughs> That's true. He looks like a bank teller right now. <laughs> yeah, the dude's flying around, not catching pneumonia, yeah. zipping around the globe, and he's got a little plexiglass shield there. <laughs> what, are they going to jump across the table and try to sit on his lap? Not even, I mean, I saw, I believe, the government of Ireland, uh, they said that Santa was essential and that you could not catch the disease from Santa. So this is anti-science anyway. And so... so you see Jeff's comment? The setup is ridiculous. <laughs> Let me see. Want some estrogen pills? <laughs> yeah, if the kid would have been like, I'd like to be a girl, he'd be like, okay, we're going to do it. And if your parents say no, we're going to take you away from them. Daddy's going to schedule you a surgery. I'm giving him some <laughs> gift certificates. <laughs> Just freaking nuts. Now, the good part of this was this video went viral. Um, and the kid probably has upwards of uh, two or 3,000 Nerf guns now. And they also sent a lot to a charity, I believe. Another Santa, <clears throat> the real Santa, then took a Nerf gun to the kid's house and presented it to him. So all has been made right uh, in the world. Not a Santa with COVID fears. No, no. He went right on into the house, too. Um, and, and so this guy has also been fired from what I read, which he should be fired because, listen, listen, this guy's not actually Santa, and he needs to know that. This guy is not actually going to pick up any gifts and bring them to anyone's houses at all. So if but he still kid, had to make the kid cry. I know. So if the kid goes up there and says he wants a freaking pony, then he needs Give to say, the pony. all right, I'll, I sure will think. Have you been a good boy? I sure will think about this. And dad's like, mm, let mama that. have fun with that one. Yeah, Conjure that pony at Christmas. No, but it, like, it's not up to him to decide what the kid's going to get for Christmas or what his political views are. Just, just say, just say, okay. Or ask the parents if they're okay with that or whatever. But it's not up to you to say, no, no guns, not even any Nerf guns. No, no guns. Do you want some Legos? Is that what you want? Good Lord. It's insane, man. I think it just speaks to what everyone is so sick of right now is that it's like, could Santa not be Santa? Like, do we have to sanitize everything? I know. Good Lord. Um, I, apparently you do. Apparently do. That's why I named this Santa's leftist cause. To put, put, let's see, possessive here. Santa's left his cause to the Santa Claus. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it was a hilarious joke. Everyone's I caught laughing. it. It was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> it is a stretch. One. Yeah, it is um, just a little bit of a stretch. Okay, guys, so those are the dumb bleeps. While everyone's voting, I'm going to ask John about the adventures of building his house. Real quick update on how that's going. Uh, but dumb bleep number one was the government breaking up Facebook. Uh, can we please break up the government? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, dumb bleep number two, Canadian restaurant owner charged with trespassing in his own restaurant. Uh, dumb bleep number three, the ghost of Ayn Rand is running the healthcare system. Dumb bleep number four, Seattle City Council are freaking idiots like normal. And dumb bleep number five, lefty Santa Claus destroys a, a boy's hopes and dreams. Good Lord, when I was that kid's age, I had myself a BB gun. I was out there... You didn't shoot your eye out, did you? I did not shoot my eye out. No. I did have it bounce back and hit me sometimes, but never hit me in the eye. So while they're... John, just real quick, because we're what, 40 minutes into the and episode the, right the now. And the bloody Roomba just fired up in the background. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. I don't think it's going to actually come through. Okay. No. 
Yeah, it'll, go ahead. It'll be fine. So you built a new house, right? It's pretty. I did, and that went perfectly. It was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> How are you affected one? by tariffs? Just let me know about that because that is your tariff watch was a staple um, of the podcast. It was, and it continued um, for those. Man, do I need that, to go kill that, that thing? Is getting a little bit loud All now. Right. Just stand a by. Bit. Stand by. I'll talk to everyone. No problem. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. All right. While John is killing his Roomba, I, I really I have images of him going back there with a baseball bat and just smashing the heck out of it right now. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Good Lord. We got a vote for number three, number five, number two, number four, number two. Okay. So tiebreaker so far on number two. So we got two votes for that, which is a uh, trespassing so far number two is winning john but it is a close race number two that, <clears throat> the thing did not want to give up its job it just i just firing back on i had this image of you going back there and just beating it with a baseball bat or something like that like just to get it to go that office space great. on it that would, shut yeah. up dude by the way speaking of office space have you watched the tv show silicon valley on hbo not in a few years. I oh, man. Yeah, I had no idea that there were six seasons of this. And I just happened to get a free, you know, seven day trial for HBO the other day. And I saw mm. this show and I was like, I thought it was going to be like a serious show. I had no idea what the show was at all, but I clicked on it. And it's, I mean, I'm so upset that I haven't been watching this show for the last five <laughs> or six years. Good Lord. And it's from the creators of Office Space. That's what made me think about that. Yeah, while we're briefly talking TV, Ted Lasso, you still got to watch mm. it. What's that? Ted Lasso on Apple TV. So good. Ted Lasso. Did you Ted tell me? Ted Lasso. Head Lasso? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Is that a show? Yeah, it's great. Okay. All right. I'm going to write it I'm down. one of the guys from the office on it. Ted Lasso. All right. I yep. don't, it, I don't, um, I don't remember that. I don't remember seeing that or actually going and looking at it. You must have told me about it in the past. And I told you one night and then fell asleep right after telling you. <laughs> I was like, have you seen Ted Lasso? Oh. And then I woke up in the next morning and you're like, what's Ted Lasso? But I couldn't respond because it was, you know, the next day rule. If you told me at night, then I probably was already on Ambien anyway, too. So it, it was such know. transparency, such candor. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so it looks like Dumbleat number two is going, but. How how did the how did the tariffs go for you? Oh yeah, back know. to that. Um, so I'll pretend no one listened. No, not many people have done the three hundred and sixty episode challenge. Three seventy, no. Oh, three hundred seventy. Yeah. Not bad. Um, <laughs> you know, we, my wife and I, kind of decided to build our dream home. We bought a piece of property here outside of Nashville and sat on it for a few years and um, put a road in, did all kinds of stuff, and we were going to do a big off grid house. Wait, you and, mean uh, the government built you a road, right? No, 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 okay. no. It was a, uh, <laughs> yeah, very expensive road. It yeah. ended up being a lot longer because of the government. They uh, made us take a little bit of a, well, first they told us we could put it one place. Sorry, this isn't tariffs, but I'll give you a no, little bit of government frustration. Good. Told us we could put the driveway one place. And for those of you that have done anything with heavy equipment, you know, it's not very cheap. Um, so we drove, we, we dug down like 15 feet down to the road and built an access, put a culvert in. Um, we started on our driveway and then we got a immediate stop order from the government. Um, this was after we permitted it with the government. So you'd already asked for permission. They gave you permission. 
you spent the money the wrong to do government. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was, we, you know, we danced for the city government. We gave them everything they wanted. And, uh, <laughs> but then the state government came in and said, no, you can't do that. So then I had to fill this entire driveway back in and, uh, extend the driveway like another 500 feet, put another culvert in and do it again to get the uh, government's blessing. And we ended up, you know, our house is actually only probably 600, five, 600 feet off the road. We had to build a 1,700 foot long driveway Good to get one. through building codes so that a fire truck could make it up the road. Oh, okay. So anyway, so that was, that was nice. That was a little kiss from, <laughs> you know, my favorite organization. That was and a bad we, omen to start off with, I feel like. Yeah, I probably should have gotten the hint. And then, uh, you know... I've been really big into solar energy for a long time just because I wanted to save money, you know, um, not really an opponent of fossil, fossil fuels at all, but I just wanted to have my own power in case, you know, something happened. Trying to Thomas Massey, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we put a well in, we did that. And then right when we got ready to buy the solar panels, and I mean, this wasn't cheap. It was going to be like a $50,000 system, but I was never going to have power bill again. Well, then uh, old, old Trumple Stillskin rolled in and uh, <laughs> decided he was going to put a 30-some percent tax or tariff tax, whatever you want to call it, on all the solar panels. And it took it over, you know, through the roof. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing was it was on everything that wasn't made in America or everything that yeah, wasn't made in America. Well, it was something at the time, like 97% of all solar products were made outside of America. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. How much more so, expensive were the ones that are made that were made in America? You know, I, I'm not even joking. I think Solyndra was one of the only companies that really was made in America. So they were out of business. So you really couldn't even buy stuff yeah. that was made in America. <laughs> and then the, the really funny thing on top of that was that they were still paying out the tax credit on it. So they were making everything more expensive and then increasing the cost to the government on top of it. Wow. But, but anyway, it made it to where it was just unaffordable. We couldn't afford to do it. So then we had to spend about $30,000 to uh, put, bring power up to our house. And we have a nice power bill every month. Mm. So, you know, we, we oversized the structure so we could have the thousands of pounds for our beautiful solar panels. But yeah, maybe some, maybe someday. <laughs> so somebody else knew better. So now you also had then, to be affected by the, by the wood, right? I mean, wood had you know, to get expensive. That was the funny thing. Cause when you're doing a custom house, I'm sure you've heard from a <laughs> lot of people it always goes over budget. And so we were, we tried to get hard numbers on everything. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be smarter than this. <laughs> and there was a lumber tariff put in place, um, you know, because Canada was letting loggers come in and clear out the understory in their forests so they wouldn't have California wildfires. Oh. And they said, look, if you come in and clear this out, you know, you can have the wood, you know, just get it out of here. Well, uh, Mr. Trump didn't like that either, apparently. That sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying we should clean, do in California. To clean the but florist. Anyway, what was that? To clean the florist. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, clean, clean the floors. <laughs> clean the floors of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was before Four Seasons. He didn't know what he was doing. Oh, God. But, um, <laughs> You're the one that alerted me to the Four Seasons thing. That was hilarious. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so we had that one. That was cool. So our framing, uh, it doubled. So that cost us probably an extra $40,000. Um, 
you know, and this isn't, I mean, it's a good sized house. It's, you know, but it's not like a mega mansion or anything. Um, so we had that happen. And then there was a tariff put on our imported windows <laughs> because we bought windows that were more energy efficient than what you could buy here in America for less money. I couldn't buy these windows from anybody at any price. They did not exist. Really? There's a tariff. Oh, yeah, they don't sell them here, you know? So, wow. yeah. So it's not that you were just being an evil person who hated America and were trying to buy things outside of the country. You were literally just going to the only place that you could buy the windows. Yeah, we you got, know. Um, you know, without getting too nerdy, we got triple, triple pane windows and they're the, the glass is like the equivalent of an R14 or R13 wall. Wow. You can't get that here. No. Which, I mean, Nate, you've been here. We have a lot of glass, so that was kind of important so that we didn't, you know, just burn the air conditioner all I feel long. like about about 30% of your walls are probably glass in that house. It, this house would not work anywhere where you had neighbors, that's for sure. No. They would get quite the eyeful or you'd be a streaming icon. Yeah. I don't know. Now, have you thrown any stones while you're in it yet? Your glass I did house. run into the house with the bobcat. Oh, <laughs> that's way worse than a stone. I think okay. I showed you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, that's not good. Anyway, that's not good. But you know, there were there were other things that went on with it. But we're in here now. We're really happy. But I would say, all in all, Mr. Trump and his his team probably added uh, one hundred and ten, hundred and twenty thousand dollars to our house. Good God! Yeah, that's a. I mean, and but that made America better. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and you know, I forgot one part: the siding. Which was wood that was, I think they, I think it's the number comes from Peru that you can't even, once again, can't get it here in America. Um, there was a big, big tariff on that, that he slapped on there. So mm. I don't know. So you're not a fan of tariffs. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and I annoy everyone with my constant railing on tariffs. So. And if you remember, I think we nicknamed Trump the tariff daddy back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. That was right. Charlie's thing. The and tariff daddy. And he, the tariff daddy really came back to bite you hard for sure. Yeah. I don't think all that, all that had not happened yet when we were doing the, the episodes previously, because we were. No, no, I had only been, you know, struck once or twice. Yeah. Um, he hadn't gone in for the full molestation at that point. <laughs> He's a handsy man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, dumb bleep number two, one this week. That is, that is getting charged with trespassing on your own property because the government decided uh that they were that they were going to be the rightful owners of your property i guess so that's pretty crazy uh dude i think that we're gonna you know what we should do we should do like a rehumanizing project episode with with you also i wonder what that would be like but that'd be fun that'd be fun because we could talk about we could talk about music and uh all the places that we've been i mean so like you know, Charlie and I have been friends for a really long time, but me and you have visited a ton of countries together. We haven't been friends as long as Charlie and I have, but we've been... Uh, we've been around, for sure. John, we, we've loved each other and hated each other yes, a lot. John had the job of keeping tabs on me for several instances. What would you say that was like overall? Summing up in one word, difficult. <laughs> difficult. <laughs> It was a slippery fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it because when you weren't there, my job was to be like the band tour manager, except for when Chad was there, you know. Um, but, you know, my job was to be the uh, the realist at times where it had to where you needed some realism. 
And, you get uh, to have way more fun when I was around, except yeah. for when I wasn't letting you have fun. Yeah, except for those times. I got to actually be part of the band when you were there, which was a pretty nice break. And uh, we just happened to do that, I don't know, when we were in, uh, you know, Bahrain and UAE and uh, Kuwait and Djibouti. A, and... Lot, a lot of things that completely reshaped my views on everything. <laughs> oh, man. Sure. You know how many times I've told the story about, uh, you remember the, the woman running up to us and begging for water in Djibouti when she was holding her baby? She and being up. told not to give her water yeah. or she would possibly get killed for the water? Yeah. We told we had to literally tell her we couldn't give her water. I mean, it was probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen. But yeah. we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, that's yeah. way too heavy <clears throat> for dumb bleep of the week. Yeah, and we're already fifty-two minutes in. So, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. If you want to be a member of the Patreon group, go to Patreon.com/slash/GoodMorningLiberty. And uh, John, you got any links or anything you want to you want to get out there to anyone? You got anything you need to promote while you're here? Hey, man, I'll do it. Yeah, so, do uh, it. you know, thanks to COVID lockdowns and whatnot, um, I've started doing some woodworking. So I am selling cutting boards and stuff like that right now. So newmodernclassics.co if you want one of my very liberty-heavy cutting boards. New Modern Classics? Yep, newmodernclassics.co. Okay, I'll put the link in the show notes. And this is like legit handcrafted wood right here guys he I ain't, injure myself daily yeah he's not gonna go buy this crap over at the target and then sell it to you this came from from where his house is sitting you know and uh he didn't make this back here because it would look way better this is just some some cheap old <laughs> pine back here that's that's behind me i was like you know what i'm gonna make a diffuser and then i was like uh well, this isn't really going to be a diffuser, but it will look cool. All right, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Go join the Patreon group. Tell a friend. Tell your communist uncle that they have a podcast. They have 370 episodes they need to listen to. Go do all that stuff. If you do all of that, and I mean every single bit of it, then we'll be right back here on Monday. Until then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.